Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hey, welcome back, Nicole. How are things? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Chris? Doing good, doing good. Imagine busy, busy time of year, winter, it's chilly. Yes. It, you know, we've had a weirdly warm winter here in Ohio mm-hmm. so far, which actually just means lots of mud. Uh, yeah. But we yeah. we are actually hitting a cold stretch now. And I know places further north of us have been actually cold for a while. So it's a good time mm-hmm. to touch base on this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, today we're going to talk about you know energy requirements, caloric requirements during the winter. Because it does switch, right? I mean, during summer versus winter, the height of summer versus the height of winter, caloric requirements for a horse is going to change, right? Yep. And of course, season's only one thing that causes those to change. But there are some fairly predictable weather-related changes that we have to address if you're Mm -hmm. not lucky enough to head south when it gets cold. Yeah, I've ever, I've ever done in Florida. Just all, and a lot of horses come down to Florida during the winter from New yeah. York, and yeah, for training and stuff. So yeah, yeah, they they escape it too. They're snowbirds too. I, I guess that the, something I'd like to you know for the listeners is talk about why is understanding calories important. Like, why should we count calories with our horses of all of all animals? Mm, so I think we need to take it even a step further back because um, I don't in encourage people to actually go super in depth on balancing calories on their own in the first place. And the reason for that is, do you know what a calorie is? Exactly. Exactly. It's true. Ever since I started studying nutrition way back in my early grad school days, measuring energy in a diet drove me crazy because you can't really measure it. Right. Well, people get annoyed because they're like, lady, just tell me the calories. I'll figure it out myself. And I'm not withholding that information. It's on our website. It's in an article that I hope they would read to understand a little bit more about why that's more nebulous a term. Um, But it's because it's not as simple as a calorie is a calorie. And I think maybe if we talk about that for a second, it'll make better sense why sometimes when you change a diet and you put what's on paper less calories, the horse gains weight. Well, why in the world would that happen if it's just calories in, calories out? So, you know, thinking back to, did you have to take energy metabolism as a course? Oh, yes. Yeah, I had a whole course on this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so a calorie is the energy required to raise water one degree and a very Mm -hmm. specific degree change. How the heck does that relate to our horses? Right, right. Like, you know, when you're looking at, you you get, I mean, ugh. I know it's too much for for this podcast, but getting down into the cellular metabolism, all that stuff, like, oh, yeah, my eyes would glaze over. It just yeah. glaze over. So <laughs> the big picture is that the method we use to determine calories in horses, it only accounts for some of the ways that they actually lose energy. So it's called digestible energy. So they take the gross energy, which is simply the amount of energy released if you blow up a certain amount of feed and a bomb calorimeter. So see how much energy is released. And then from there, we subtract the amount of energy that's lost in their manure. So it's called Mm. digestible energy. It's a great start, but really pertinent to our winter discussion is there's a couple other ways that horses lose energy. Urine, we don't account for that. The pig people Mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. Gas, we don't account for that. The big one is heat. 
So heat of fermentation. Horses have this giant hindgut that ferments forage. And in fermenting forage, we're actually losing heat as energy. So that would be net energy. It's actually the degree that the cattle people go to. So ideally, we'd be there, but we're not for the horse. Um, In fact, I sat through a seminar once and a student had done a whole project looking to validate the NRC energy requirements and their conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big project. That is lots of balance studies. I've done those miserable. Um, (laughs) Their conclusion was that there should be a plus or minus spread of like 10 to 20% instead of a single value because of all the variability. Oh yeah. Oh yeah really because we're only measuring part of it. But where this becomes important is we're going to talk about how we feed during the winter and having that Mm -hmm. knowledge base of energy and the fact that a calorie is not a calorie really does help. Um, And, you know, a great example, um, one of our tech specialists sent me a fantastic before and after just uh, last week. And it was a horse who had been eating 16 pounds a day of Comultra. It's our highest energy feed. It's 12% fat. Wow. Plus three pounds of essential K. So when you work out the calories on that, 28,750 kilocalories. Oh, my goodness. And the horse, (laughs) frankly, didn't look great. It got free choice hay on top of that. It was Uh a body condition Uh score of 3.5. Right. Okay. So our specialist recommended transitioning from that to 15 pounds a day of senior sport. Senior sport is 10% fat. It's a little less calorie dense than the Calm Ultra. So this horse's total calorie intake went down to 22,650 kcals. In this transformation, that was two months that horse came two body condition scores and put on an appreciable amount of muscle at the same time. So we decreased the amount of feed it was getting each day. We decreased <laughs> the calories and the horse gained yes. weight. Okay, right? explain that. Uh, how, how do you explain that? As a nutritionist, how do you reduce calories? And you, you're, you're trying to put condition, because we, we just talked about this, you know, conditioning and muscling, by the way. You added muscle. What is going on there? So the main thing here, one, we made sure they split it up in multiple meals. Feeding that much feed in two meals is just too much. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, it's because we increased the amount of digestible fiber in that horse's diet. So it was getting free choice hay. Presumably when a horse is eating that much concentrate, it's just not eating very much hay. So we really weren't providing enough fiber to have a good healthy hindgut in that type of situation. So by altering the type of ingredients we use to one that better supports the digestive system of that particular horse, he gained weight with less calories because we made the whole thing work more efficiently. It so, throws every uh, throws all convention out the window. Like people are like, "What? Okay, I, uh, how does that work?" So, so just could you just briefly, briefly explain? So your your this horse went from eating twice a day to multiple meals per day. And you increase digestible energy, which influenced the hindgut? So I actually don't know how many meals per day this horse was getting right, okay, ahead okay, of time. Okay. Um, so in this particular horse, we did decrease the amount of calories we were feeding in the concentrate meal. But we shifted it from more t- just fat. So a lot of fat in that horse's diet. Mm-hmm. Presumably, if they can't absorb all of that fat in their small intestines, some's getting to the hindgut. 
And then on top of that, by shifting to more fiber, we better supported the hindgut. It's going to allow them to extract more energy out of the forage portion of their diet. So overall, capture greater calories by having a healthier digestive tract. So I know if you're thinking about calories in, calories out, there's no way this horse should have gained weight. But Mm -hmm. it's because, one, those calorie numbers are a little bit abstract, okay? Those algorithms that we use to compute digestible energy, they were developed back when we fed horses hay, pasture, and corn oats and barley. So they don't necessarily do the best job of representing today's diets. Um, But ultimately, you have to work within the digestive physiology of the horse. And a lot of times that's more than just calories. It's management. It's very specific ingredient selection. Um, So that's why I think, you know, people are like, oh, just tell me the calories. And I say, tell us what your horse is eating because we'd love to help you find the right calories. Yeah. But more importantly, the right balance of products, ingredients, all of that to actually help your horse thrive. So, okay, for our listeners... If you have questions, be sure to reach out to us. We always put it in our show notes. There's a link where you can contact us because you're probably head spinning a little bit and it's against convention, but that's why people like, you know, Dr. Rambo are out there and work every day to, to help you formulate diets and find solutions for your certain animal. That's amazing. That's amazing. Now, I, I guess one of my questions, you know, especially for you, Nicole, is, when does that energy requirement start shifting in the horse going into, you know, say, fall, winter, that an owner should be like, okay, now I need to, you know, start increasing those calories or start looking at altering that diet so I can meet their their nutrient requirements going into, you know, the cold time of year? Yeah. So there's, of course, no specific date when this changes. Right. It all depends no, no. on what the weather's doing. But the horse is going to start preparing for winter when the days shorten. So when days get shorter, they produce more melatonin, which prompts hair growth. So that's why when you're in places and it's like 90 degrees in September and your horse starts growing its winter coat, it has nothing to do with the temperature. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm all about what the day length is doing. So your horse's body starts preparing for winter pretty early. Um, In terms of when do we need to make changes, it's really dependent on what the weather does. So I do want to point out, you know, this is, weather is not the only variable. So for some horses, their workload's going to change quite a bit in the winter. Maybe they went from full work to no work. That's going to make a difference. Um, but just looking at the weather itself, you know, horses maintain their body temperature. So they want to maintain thermoregulation. So it depends a little bit on the time of year and how they're adapted. But, you know, a horse who's adapted to moderate temperatures, they're going to start expending more energy at below 40 or 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, if you're in like the cold tundra, after a couple of weeks, that horse is going to adapt to that colder weather and their lower critical temperature is going to decrease. Um, and it actually can get pretty low and horses adapted to cold weather. It's as low as like five degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So horses really are better at cold weather than they are hot weather in terms of adaptations. No, right. And, and, and you know, cause they, they are that, that, that Northern type climate, you know, that's where they've evolved, not in the tropics. So you're right. Horses do tend to struggle when it's, when it's hotter. And I'm sure that's going to be one of our topics coming up as we enter the summer months, you know, how to uh, help your horse through that. But like, so when the temperature does decrease, what are some of the ways they're losing body heat? 
So the way horses lose energy, it's because it requires more energy to maintain that constant body temperature. So it's really interesting. You know, there's been research that's looked at what are the acute responses to a drop in temperature? What are the chronic responses to colder temperatures? So if you just have a really short cold spell, mostly those horses naturally would increase their energy intake. So they're simply going to eat more forage if they were in a free choice forage situation than they would otherwise. And they're going to do things from a behavior standpoint, like seek shelter So they'd go behind a windbreak in the wild that was trees. They're going to change how they stand. If they have no windbreak at all, they're going to put their butts to the wind to try to decrease the amount of energy they lose. They'll stand in groups, those sort of things. The more chronic changes, you know, if a horse was in a natural setting, it would have longer feeding periods. So it actually is going to eat for longer periods of time than it would in the summer. Of course, their hair coat gets longer. The really interesting ones from a physiological standpoint is their rectal temperature will decrease so that they're going to expend less energy to maintain. Mm. And they have a decreased respiratory rate in really cold weather, which I think is really fascinating that they have these adaptations to try to conserve as much energy as possible when it gets cold. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just their physiology just is incredible. It's just incredible. So if I'm a horse owner and you know, I'm going into winter or I'm in winter, what are some of the things I could look at to see if their energy requirements are changing? So if I have a horse that is receiving not enough energy in the diet, what are some of the things or signs that would say, okay, I probably need to increase uh, the energy in the diet? The way we know that they're not getting enough energy in their diet is they're going to start to lose weight specifically, you're going to see a decrease in body condition. So you're going to look for that fat over the ribs. It can be hard to tell if they're really fuzzy. So really putting their hands on them frequently is the best way to monitor body conditions. So it doesn't get so far that then you have to put a lot of weight back on them. Um, So whether that means really frequent handling, also pulling off blankets frequently. I know when it's super cold, like the last thing you want to do is undress your horse and do that. But If you're going through these really long cold spells, you need to be able to monitor their body condition because they can lose weight pretty rapidly, especially if they're older, maybe they're the low man on the totem pole in the pasture and they're not getting enough forage, something like that. So the best thing you can do is watch their body condition over time. And that's going to be the determining factor. Are they getting enough, too little, too much? And you can make adjustments from there. When you look at the body condition score, how much could they lose in a month? You know, drop scores one to two. Yeah, it is very possible that they could lose one to two body condition scores Mm. in that short amount of time. It'll certainly be accelerated if they have some underlying type issues. Right, right. And especially, yeah, health issues or parasites or something like that, that that horses can can become emaciated pretty quickly. So, you know, that's why why it's, it's great advice. It's great advice. How about if we overcompensate you know i guess it would just be the reverse right they just start they just start putting on too much weight 
Listen, did someone tell you that my gelding's getting fat? (laughs) (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Somebody sent me a message. Um, No, it is totally possible to overfeed in the winter. One of the things you're doing is you are trying to provide as much hay as possible, especially Mm -hmm. when it's cold. For your really easy keeping types, you do need to keep an eye on them that they don't gain too much body condition, particularly if they're not working as hard as they would during other times of year. Um, And I'm sure we'll do a whole nother podcast, but there's a lot of negative health impacts to horses being overweight. Um, So we certainly don't want to skew it in that direction. But I'd say more typically people have issues with horses losing condition in the winter. Um, Although I will say not the fat gelding, but I have another one, a very sensitive thoroughbred. He's so much easier to keep weight on in the winter because during the summer, he's so impacted by the heat and bugs. So mm-hmm. it really does vary with the individual horse, what type of dietary changes you would need to make to maintain a healthy body condition throughout the year. There's always going to be that exception that does the opposite thing of what most horses do. I, and it's it's fascinating because listening to you talk, it just, it, it always seemed, I, I guess, way back in the day, way before you started studying this stuff, you thought, oh, I'll just, you know, feed this twice a day to a horse, throw some hay out, they'll be fine, maintain this year round, this is all they need. It's not, it's a constantly, it's fluid, it's, it's things are changing, the horse is changing, it's something that as an owner, you just got to stay on top of, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It just keeps life interesting, right? <laughs> Very. So I guess that just brings us to kind of to wrap this all up is, you know, what are some of the, the best ways to assist them in these caloric changes? You know, what are some of the, the you know, feeds we can give them or any supplements or, or anything like that, that you would suggest, you know, going into a cold winter, especially in the northern part of the United States or up into Canada, what are some of the things owners could do? So full circle, which brings us back to why in the world I talked about calories and the type Mm -hmm, of calories mm -hmm. so much in the beginning of this. The reason for that is we can take advantage of how horses lose energy during digestion during the winter. Specifically, fermenting fiber creates heat from their hindgut. They can take advantage of that and use that for thermoregulation. So the first thing I like to do if we're feeding horses in cold places is maximize the amount of hay that they're getting. So let's make sure that we're putting calories in their diet that's going to help maintain their body temperature during the winter so they can most efficiently use the types of feed in their diet. Beyond that, so let's say we've got free choice, good quality hay, my horse is still thin, then we're going to start looking at what are some additional things we can add. So step one is just feed more of whatever your base feed is with the caveat that we like to keep the average size meal at five pounds or less per day for our average size horse. Let's say we're at that five pounds. We could look at something that's more calorie dense. So a feed that's higher in fat perhaps, or maybe add a fat supplement to it. Of course, you can go too far down the fat supplementation route, and if you don't absorb all the fat in the small intestine, it gets to the hindgut of the horse, where it depresses fiber digestibility, and now you've lost efficiency in the total system. So there definitely is a balance there. But typically, the very first step is to maximize how much forage in their diet. 
even for the really easy keepers when you're looking at those super cold snaps. So if you live somewhere that's pretty far north where you're going to have those sub-zero temperatures that three, four days long, it's not inappropriate during that time, even for the easy keeper, to give them a little bit more hay because their energy demands can increase pretty significantly during that time. So we wouldn't necessarily feed those horses lots and lots of hay all winter, but when it gets really cold and we recognize, you know, there can be a 10 to 20% increase in energy demand during that cold weather snap, let's give them a little bit more hay during those specific times so we don't risk them getting overweight by feeding them all that hay all winter, even when it's milder during parts of it. No, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It's a fascinating discussion and, and, you know, talking about, you know, that specific horse now, it's really got me thinking. So, you know, I, I hope we can do more of that in the future with the podcast and give specific examples because that one, oh, we forgot to talk about that one more. Maybe we'll, we'll set aside another time to, to talk about that horse of what exactly is going on with their physiology because to reduce caloric intake, but increase fiber and it, then it just, the horse just responded beautifully. So thanks for sharing with that one. That one's cool. Yeah, this, this is fun. Fun talk. Absolutely. Long term, we're gonna have to maybe have a landing website where we can have some mm -hmm. of these case studies we talk about because I'd love if you guys could actually see the picture because it is a fantastic transformation. And it wouldn't have happened if we just kept increasing and increasing what they'd been mm -hmm. fed before. So it's making right. a strategic decision about the type of calories in the horse's diet. And we can use that same approach in the winter. You know, the old kind of old timey way would be to feed a hot feed in the winter, something like mm -hmm. corn or oats. Well, there's a lot of energy in those, but they don't actually produce that heat of fermentation. So while you provide calories, you actually have to provide more of that than the amount of hay in terms of calories you'd have to provide to have the exact same effect. And of course, hay is always the healthiest way we can add calories to a horse's diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, we, and in the show notes, we do link the articles uh, so you can go and look at that stuff. And then these case studies, as we roll them out, we'll, we'll definitely put links in there. But, you know, thank you for listening. If you're really enjoying this podcast, please share it with the friends. You know, we're trying to, to grow, spread this information to horse owners or horse enthusiasts. And if you don't mind, if you're listening on iTunes, if you could just go in and drop us a, a five-star review, you could write a little something in there. It really helps us. It helps our circulation. But thank you so much for listening and you know, stay tuned for next week. We'll have a new topic. Thanks, Chris.